Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and analysis on the entire internet. Go check them out right now. HashtagBasketball.com. I am your host, Mike Catron, and joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Oh, it's Craig now. Come on. Craig's here. Don't don't shortchange him. He's a nice man. Did not get enough Patreon subscribers to bring Craig onto the podcast. Our producer, Craig, shout out to him. If you go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes, you could actually, if we get enough of you, interact with Craig during the show and us, and you would be able to chat with us during the show, get, basically get to hang out in a live recording of the show deal with all the behind the scenes bullshit which is not exciting i'll just i hate to break it to you not a good sell i'm not a good sell i've realized this lately that i, I really undersell everything that i got going on and people pe- people are like oh why would i come buy your product if it's not that great i'm like well i'm just being honest with you it's not it's not that great of a product but hopefully you're enjoying the podcast if you want to support the show go to patreon.com slash Watching the boxes. We're going to have to get right into it, Tyler. No. Right to- I'll talk about what potentially favorite part of this trade deadline. And this may not have anything to do with the trade, so it's going to out now. My favorite part of the trade deadline is that I could stop caring about the Chicago Bulls for the next three years. Because oh, no. No, they're the worst. Actually, your favorite part of the trade deadline. Taj that's, it. that's my favorite part. Revival game. He is, is he fantasy relevant now? 30 minutes, had nine points, dominated Magic and Nikola Vucevic. I've been streaming Taj Gibson if I need rebounds every once in a while in my kind of like not like like kind of like big standard league. Like I wouldn't even I wouldn't call it a big league, but I'd call it I'd call it a standard league, but you know, it's it's a little hefty, it's a little heavy on roster spots and Taj Gibson is the best. Like he's the most underrated player in the game. I said it most underrated player, Taj Gibson started on like a billion teams his entire career. Nobody seemed to care. Oh, I mean, I cared. Oh, there's somebody glad. I'm glad you cared, Tyler. At least somebody other than me gave a crap, but we have like a ton of trades on this, the trade deadline finale a blistering in to a very, very quiet trade season up until the last two days. And I'm going to just get right into it and start with the trades that don't really matter unless you're in a super deep league. And we're going to give you a quick one hit on those. I'm going to start with the Atlanta Hawks getting Scalabossier and cash considerations. One of my favorite Chicago Bulls players. And Portland ended up getting a second round pick. Scalabossier go increasing in value or decreasing in value? So no value, value either way. This is a this is a gain or loss if there's no value at, no matter what. I mean got a lot of four players now and yeah, maybe Labossier but I'm not Scal is well, he's he's been injured, but Scal in, in in good minutes is is kind of a decent fantasy player. I don't think he's going to get good minutes in Atlanta. So sorry, Scal. One of these days you'll get on a team that appreciates you for for everything you are. 
Uh, next trade that really only matters to deep league teams. The Wizards end up getting Shavaz Napier. So Shavaz Napier really on the move. His second trade in two days. And the Nuggets get single single dong McRae. Dude, this actually made me a little name, Tyler. This actually made me a little bit perturbed. I guess the word I'll go for. Okay. Because okay. Interesting I one word. of those leagues where Every player in the league is rostered, and Jordan McRae had actually been pretty darn good for me this year. Um, one of my very last picks, average twelve point eight points, three point six rebounds, two point eight assists. Like, the person on my bench I was using during Wizards games because he's actually not been terrible. And now I feel like on Denver he'll probably never play. I don't think he's going to play at all. Is Shabazz Napier now kind of, he was going to Denver and we were like, okay, there goes his value. Now that he's going to the wizards, is his value back up to where it was in Minnesota? Or do you think he's just kind of like a backup player? Honestly, it could higher than, well, I guess the game that has been in Minnesota since they traded away. Because I mean, Ish Smith starting for the wizards at point guard traded away as Thomas. So, yeah, I'm okay with with riding a little as Napier even last standard league. Probably some decent assists, decent steals, okay bounce for a point guard, pretty good three pointers. Probably great points, but yeah, I'm okay with him kind of being a humorous type. I don't know that I'd pick him up and hold him until we figure out who's actually started. I might stream him in the next game. I like th- I like that take. Shabazz Napier really playing well there for the Timberwolves when he was the only point guard in town. He's pretty much, I'd say, not relevant at all with the Nuggets, but now could be a streamer. Who knows what the Wizards are going to do? So he he could end up playing a lot more if they shut Bradley Beal down. I'm going to keep an eye on him with the with the Nuggets. I was definitely not going to keep an eye on Shabazz, but with the Wizards, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on him, maybe even stream him. All right. Now we're going to get into the meat and somewhat potatoes, but we're still we're still going to start a little bit light. Oh come on, so we'll there were still the some man. more trades. Let's talk to two terrible trades. Come on, I, feel I don't like think some- the I don't think there's these are terrible trades. I think they're semi relevant. Bruno Caboclo blah, blah. Oh come on, to the Rockets. And Grizzlies get Jordan Bell. So Jordan Bell also on the move hey, for the second time. Here's the question I have about this. You like to apologize to me. Never like to apologize to you, but let me hear the question. Well, you were telling me Jordan Bell would play for the Rock. And I can to tell you wasn't. And you would not listen yesterday. And I feel like I have vacated. Hey, that is, I feel like this is entirely unfair that <laughs> you are vindicated by him getting traded. Again for Bruno Cabrera. He's probably get traded, and you were like, "No, I'm gonna play for you. They needed center. <laughs> they did need a center, and they got Bruno Cabrera. I was, I was also correct. You should apologize to me. Bruno Cabrera uh, is not a center, nor is he going to play. Bruno Cabrera can is is a center on Houston. Well, I mean, Mike, you might be a center on Houston. You're five foot seven. On a good day, I am the. Uh, Bruno Kabakaba, I don't care too much. Jordan Bell, though, in in Grizzly Town, also don't care. He's there's too many people in front of him. He's not going to play. So any any excitement I got about Jordan Bell yesterday it does have to go away. So Tyler is right about that piece. But you um, some my vocab then, words too. I feel like I got two of them in already. I'm feeling the podcast. You're doing great, Tyler. I, I'll give you that. 
Let's see. Okay, and the Sixers end up getting Alex Burke. I think this is kind of relevant. Alex Burke oh, has there's been one relevant. More real bad one now. Come on. Where am I missing? Eric Walton Jr. to the Hawks for the dreaded cash again. I, I didn't like, even add that in my list because I was I like, like, I don't, that, I don't that give should a be shit. Trade that, that nobody should come out ever again in life. Just... I'm actually I'm mad you brought it up. I left that on my list just because I didn't want to think about it in my life ever again. Yeah, so this one you want to talk about, Burks and Robinson. Um, it's bad for both players' value, I think. I think it has to be. They're now they're now backups instead of pretty much starters. That's well, and that's never good. Com- coming back, right? Like Richardson played three on Tuesday and he practiced again on Wednesday. So He's coming back. He's going to start. The other two are going to be filling in as backup behind that now. There's some potential for minutes there because their Sixers bench is, I mean, we talked about this at the beginning of the season, and it's true. Like, that's maybe the worst bet in the NBA. Like, that, like uh, Vaughn, yeah. beyond their start, they don't have anything. So, you know, could those guys in, hit some three-pointers, you know, do a little bit here and there? Yeah. But, I mean, they were basically the top two offensive options on the Warriors for a lot of games. Actually, Russell wasn't playing, so yeah, that's that's not going to happen on the Sixers. Um, so yeah, I think both players take uh, a pretty significant hit. I don't think either one's really worth holding anymore. I think they're probably both streamers at this point. I agree. I don't think either one of them are standard league starters or standard league, even maybe even bench players, depending on how big your league is. Alec Burks might see some extra time there off the bench, but you know, I don't know. I don't know if either one of them really make an impact. And I think they're both types of players where they need that, that full 30 some minutes in order to be, to be standard league relevant. I think this leads nicely into talking about the warriors and we're going to have to jump right into one of the bigger trades of the trade deadline. D'Angelo Russell along with Omari Spellman, who has had his occasional relevancy this year, and Jacob A. Evans, who I don't care about, goes to Minnesota for the illustrious Andrew Wiggins in a first round, first and second round pick in 2021. That's interesting. My dog apparently hates this trade. I hate the trade maybe a little bit less than your dog does but he's obviously upset because Wiggins is a poo-poo man. D'Angelo Russell apparently falling out of favor fairly quickly in Golden State. Rumors coming out of the locker room that some of the inner circle, or I guess I, I think I know who the inner circle is, would be Steph Curry and Draymond Green probably didn't really like playing with him. And as a I-need-the-ball-in-my-hands chucker, I'm, I'm not terribly surprised they didn't like playing with D'Angelo Russell when he didn't adapt to their system. I want to get into the Warriors. But real quick, D'Angelo Russell, Amari Spellman on Minnesota. Maybe a little bit of a bump for D'Angelo Russell if he stays healthy, but overall, I think both of them pretty much stay where they're at. Yeah, and they trade dang, right? That's sort of trade away dang. So there could be some minutes, maybe Spellman. Um, yeah, I don't way either one's value really changes too much. I would, uh, I would agree. So let's dive deep we got a bunch of other trades but let's dive deep into the golden state warriors because the golden state warriors are now a pretty like new team at this point a lot of dudes left and also they don't have enough players to like have a basketball team almost 
which is really messed up and and I have no idea what to make of it. They probably are going to have to sign a, s- someone, one or two people, or bring some people up from the G League. But now we have the question that you were asking yesterday that we thought we were going to get into. Who in the hell on this team is now fantasy relevant? Andrew Wiggins is going to be shooting. It was shooting nine, almost 19 shots a game. I think he's going to shoot more than 19 shots a game in Golden State, which is pretty insane. So give a little bump to Wiggins, even though he's just kind of a one-trick pony. Is Draymond Green now like gonna have to take over games? Is Marquise Chris gonna get more minutes? I kind of like Marquise Chris if he's playing a lot more minutes. What do you think, Tyler? Okay, so I think this is gonna be wild. I don't know this is gonna play that much. I think the plan is to play Pashal and Draymond Green in the front court. And now we get into the Ann Wiggins, right? He's probably small forward and gonna play. Is he gonna play four minutes a game? Like I don't know. Oh, got another really small for type. Now they traded away Burks and Robin. Then the backcourt is where it really gets interesting for me, right? They got Kai Bowman, they got Damian Lee, got Jordan Poole. I, I still think da- Damian Lee, a guy who was a two-way contract to begin the year, right? This guy could be averaging like fourteen or fifteen points a game on the team. They traded away Russell's twenty-three points a game. They traded. It bursts sixteen point one points, and they traded away clubs in the thirds thirteen points. A lot of points Gigans, to make up. That's what I mean. They got against which who, who can score the twenty three right and make up that. But the other twenty nine that they gave up, somebody's got to score. Draymond is not ball and doesn't want to shoot the ball. I think that's you strange. can see Paul adding fifteen to eighteen points a game. I think you can see Damian League pushing eighteen points a game. Just because someone's got to score, man. Like, got to score six points a game. You're not wrong. But sadly, like, those guys that you listed, Pashal, Poole, Bowman, Damian Lee, they don't do a whole lot else other than score the ball sometimes. You know, Damian Lee gets good rebounds for a guard, which is cool. But he's getting a steal and a three a game. That's a streamer. You know, like Eric Pashal has been playing well. He's probably going to have to play a lot more minutes. So, you know, bump up his stats, and he's probably just a streamer. Like, he just really doesn't do enough for me to want to have in a standard league team. The only person I can think of who might be somewhat relevant in a standard league, if he's, if he's going to get minutes on this team, is, is Marquise Chris and maybe even Kevin Looney. And I'm not sure either one of those guys are going to get a ton of minutes, enough minutes for me to care. But Marquise Chris... Rebounds, blocks could be could be could, somewhat of, if, a, of like a bottom tier standard league guy. Those guys could if they decide to point to Draymond, just tell him like, "Hey, man, money, just not play." Because is yes, this which, tr- why not? It's trending, like, dude, what other other than Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins that's healthy is an NBA player on this team? Like, maybe Charles, like uh, an end of the bench guy on a good team. Maybe yeah. he's the bench guy on a good team. The guys are like D League players, and yeah, just I mean, like not a slight them. I mean, not trying to be a, you know what? It's just it's not there's not not a competitive roster. We've talked about it, all season. like they have a few players, but the rest of the roster is not competitive. All of those guys would be the best basketball player you ever played against in your entire life, but holding court on an NBA court, Jesus, that's that's bad. Isn't really 
going to work for some of these guys. It's just that they have no other choice to play these guys heavy minutes. So, you know, I feel like it might add some people to the stream list. I just don't know who you would want to like hold on to on your team because like any given night, these guys just might poop the bed or drop 24. Like it just kind of, it's just going to kind of go back and forth. I guess Andrew Wiggins is the only guy here that I think maybe you could hang on to. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, Cause I mean, like, most of these guys are shooting like 40% or worse from the field, <laughs> like especially the good types. So there's going to be where they're shooting, you know, 12 team field games and making like three, four, <laughs> which, yeah, I mean, they, they, they could all be very big detriments to your field goal percentage for sure. Absolutely. I think if you're talking about the front court, I think I, I like Damian Lee, the, his game, the most when it comes to fantasy. I just don't think it's like incredibly interesting enough for me to get excited about it. Or well, do I think he's going to get a bulk of the minutes? Here's the other thing that's super interesting to watch, right? Like, teams got to get some level of assists, usually at least, you know, 20 to 25 a game for the entire team. They have Draymond 6.1 that he's averaging this in. And the next best guy they have on their roster is getting two points per game, healthy and going to play. So they really have almost no assists. So you, someone's got to get to assist for them. Someone's going to nominally play kind of point guard role. And if Draymond Green's going to play like 29 minutes, the rest of the game, someone's got to be point guard. And I don't know who that's going to be. Yeah, I don't either. But I'd watch those guards because that may be where the value is coming off the wave wire. We're going to have to keep watching this Warriors team just to see what happens. But like that's literally how it's been the entire season. So kind of nothing really changing in the way you should think about the Warriors, even though a lot has changed on the warriors let's move on because we still got a ton of trades to get to and i want to go back to a trade that we talked about in the last show because it was not complete turns out there was a lot more players involved in the miami heat memphis grizzlies minnesota timberwolves three-way trade it was a two-way trade yesterday now it's a three-way trade somehow Miami getting Iguodala. we talked about that Iguodala probably going to ramp up slow but they're also getting jay crowder and solomon hill Memphis gets Justice Winslow, like we talked about. But apparently, wait, I got, I got, am I reading this right? Was Minnesota involved in this? Well, so there were two different trades, but they were involved in this because the Heat they got, were sort of involved. The Heat got rid of Winslow Waiters and James Johnson to the Grizzlies, right? Then the Grizzlies flipped James Johnson for Gorgie Dang. That's where it is. So Memphis ends up getting James Johnson, then flipping James Johnson for Gorgie. Dang. Memphis ends up with Winslow. Uh, Neon Dion Waiters. <laughs> I, I, I like Dion Waiters. And Gorgeous Dang. And there's an, another piece. Now Memphis is like, like just, just disgustingly set with tons of bigs. And like none of them are going to be able to play enough. You know, other than your main guys, Valanchunas and Jaron Jackson, probably Brandon Clark's still the preferred big coming off the bench. But you now you have you, you could get Gorgeous Dang in there as well. 
I would love to see Gorgeous Dang end up getting like 27, 28 minutes a game. That would be cool. So I'm going to keep an eye on that. But right out of the gate, I'm not expecting a Gorgeous Dang to start stealing minutes from Valanchunas or Jaron Jackson. But if Jonas Valanchunas, who often gets hurt, ends up getting hurt, I'm going to go take a flyer on, on Gorgie Dang immediately. Yeah, I mean, that's. I just don't. I don't think you want him this second for sure. I don't think he's gonna play enough. I I think I'm like if you're desperate, maybe take take a flyer on him if you can get rid of a bench spot if you're in a kind of a bigger league, just to see what happens in Memphis. Maybe they love him. Maybe they realize they like like those empty minutes. They play they play Jonas Valanciunas. Is Jonas Valanciunas or Gorgie Dang a better defender, Tyler? Oh man, that's a good question. I'm gonna go with Jonas, but I toss it up, let it hit the ground. See see. Sometimes it comes up head, see how many times it goes tails. Your metaphors are a, a lot better than me just going, they both suck. So I'm going to go with your metaphor. I like that. Jonas at least gets a block every once in a while just because he's a little bit bigger. I like to look at the rest of this team now. Nia Dion, you know, 14 minutes. That sounds reasonable. Justice Winslow, injured. Don't worry about him right now, but I, I'd like to see him play a little bit more for this team but i feel like we freed up some space some time for brooks and d'anthony melton so i i kind of like both of those guys playing a little bit more here down the stretch and you and i i think have talked numerous times that dion brooks been brooks i'm sorry i don't know i said dion i'm i'm losing my mind as one of the better streamer and waiver wire pickups season like he's ever Exploits a game, a steal, a few assists, a few rebounds, good amount of fees. Like Brooks has been good this year, so I'm interested to see. He just got the new contract, which I I think he can use those numbers a little bit. They're playing like 30, 33 minutes. He's actually taking the most shots on this team, which is kind of weird. And he's just like kind of a little bit under, like the. I, I would like to coin a name for this type of player. I'm going to call him. Wizards Auto Porter, we've got to work on this, but Wizards Auto Porter or Chicago Bulls Auto Porter, who doesn't play at all. That's not a very good one. But like the Auto Porter special, where you're just kind of good at everything. And if you're like a little bit above average in everything, if you're like 1.2 steals instead of 0.9 steals, you be you go from a, a, the 64th player to like the 34th player. So if Dylan Brooks just gets a little bit better, he's scoring almost 20 points a game. If he got a little bit better rebounds, a little bit better in assists, a little bit better in steals, a little bit better in blocks, he would go from, in the last month, by the way, he's the 64th ranked player. He's only rostered in 62% of leagues. That's absolutely silly. You are all dumb for not rostering Dylan Brooks. And if he gets just a little bit better, you're looking at a top 50 guy. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that'd be interesting to see and make those little small games. I think he's getting better. I think Memphis sees something in him. He's, he's only 24. I know that's kind of a, you know, a little bit older, but it doesn't mean you can't improve at 24. A lot of a lot of players do. And in the last couple months, like I said, you know, he's almost averaging 20 points. You know, for the season, all those numbers are a little bit down, but you're seeing an improvement as the season goes on. And I think I like that a lot. D'Anthony Melton, a great stream for steals. Hopefully he gets some more minutes moving forward. I would really love that in Memphis. 
And and here's the crazy thing too. I think it's because we see all these players come into the league at, at 19 now for the most part. But flip over to a perennial all-star, Jimmy Butler's basketball reference, and look at his age 24 season. Jimmy Butler was not really a very good NBA player. He was a good defender, but he was not really at 24. And then 25, he takes the all-star leap and starts averaging 20 a game and becomes the Jimmy Butler that we all know and love today. But I don't it just take a little longer for whatever reason. And so to count out anybody, like I think we some of these players away and they they end up going in on playing and having a career in Europe or something like so early now. Like the guy's like 22 and they're like, oh man, he can't play. Like look at Jim Butler's age 22 season. He could barely get on the court. Yeah. Couldn't stay on the court. He was, I mean, he's just a late bloomer. And some of these guys, I mean, 24 is not even a late bloomer. Like that's just someone getting better. Jimmy Butler is like kind of one of those late bloomers. I mean, and he's, you know, top 10 player. It, it can happen, right? 24 is not too old to improve to a standard league relevant type of fantasy player. And so I got, and he, and here's the thing, Dylan Brooks is already a standard league fantasy relevant player. So what, why is he not rostered in more league? And, and you know, this could not be the end for Dylan. Uh, is Dylan Brooks could still get better. Absolutely. And we could see more minutes for, I, th- I feel like Golden State Warriors went from a team with like not that many players to like somehow less relevant players and Memphis went from a, to a team that had like a quite a few relevant players to a team with more relevant players. If you see D'Anthony Melton and Gorgeous Dang getting more minutes, they become both could become standard league relevant simply because of the kind of the special stuff that they do. You could end up having a team with two, four, you know, six, six, seven players in the, you know, in the top 120 and like zero on the Golden State Warriors. It's wild how that that can work out, right? <laughs> Just very, very, very strange. Let's talk about Miami Heat. Jay Crowder. Do you care that Jay? I mean, Jay Crowder was relevant this season. Is he relevant in Miami though? No, I mean it probably bumps him down past the like streamer kind of right. Like I who he could roster him, but you really want to. He, he was kind of wire fun. He probably drops a little bit below that now playing on the Heat. You know, because you got to figure he's behind guys like Jimmy Butler and. Kind of the numerous, you know, wing type options they have. So, yeah, I'm probably, I'm gonna watch it, right? Like if he's still playing like 30 games, you know, still keep streaming it. But I kind of drop below, down, down to like 25, 26, 27 minutes, and that's probably gonna kick him out of that streaming class. Sport. Yeah, I would agree with that. Let's get to the juicy, juicy trades. I guess I mean juicy in a fantasy perspective because, like, I don't think anybody's gonna care too much about. This particular trade in the real world, but uh, I think it's a juicy trade in, in fantasy. The Clippers are getting Marcus, the occasionally upset Morris, and Isaiah. I should have got paid more Thomas. Danny Ainge screwed me over Isaiah Thomas. The Knicks get Mo Harkless, and the Wizards get Jerome Robinson. Definitely a value hit kind of across the, the the board here for both of the guys getting onto the Clippers. I think Marcus Morris plays a good amount still in LA, but he's not going to be just chucking shots up with like he did with the Knicks. No, definitely not. And I, I guess the games that they saw me both Paul Jordan, Kawhi Leonard, he hits, you know, a, a offensive role. 
Marcus Morris, strangely, has, has been kind of underrated for fantasy, and I think you talked about this, at almost every stop in his career, right? Like, he averaged 14 points a game last year for Celtics, and no one really saw that coming, despite like 14 points a game every season before that for three years. And then, you know, he took that big leap with the Knicks this year. And four that's over, but would it shock me if he scored like four points a game? With like five and a half rebounds on this Clippers team, it would not one. Not at all. And I think they do really well with um, kind of making sure their bench players get touches, get shots. I don't think it hurts Montrez Harrell. If Kawhi Leonard or Paul George sits, then Marcus Morris becomes a lot more interesting on those days. Uh, so they could be, you know, could be a nice streaming type of situation Jermichael Green probably plays a little bit less since Marcus Morris is in town I don't think Isaiah Thomas being in town hurts Lou Williams do you no that is a interesting move they wanted Isaiah Thomas because they don't really need Isaiah Thomas I I guess they're going to I mean Pat Bev right so is Isaiah Thomas really gonna play that much are they going to play as a nominal two guard, like off the bench? Let Isaiah Thomas play a little bit. Like, like I don't really know why they wanted Isaiah Thomas. I'm not to you. Uh, yeah, it might have just been like filler for contracts. Who who knows? I have I really I really don't know. I don't think it really hurts anybody else too much. On the Clippers, Patrick Beverly's probably totally fine. Landry Shamet, maybe some minutes reductions there as well. Though I really only considered him. A, a kind of a streamer type of player for my standard leagues in the first place. Let's talk about my one of my favorite one of these days. This could be it, Tyler. One of our favorite long time watching the boxes player who never really gets a chance to be great, but has a nice fantasy basketball stat line, and we hope the best for him at all times. That's that's his title. Mo Harkless is now in New York and. Mo Harkless should play, like, a bit. Like, maybe even enough to, like, close to starters minutes. Am, am I crazy to say that? I mean, they just traded a Mark Morris's minutes, and they didn't get back, back anything. You know, I know this Knicks team. This Knicks team. Did they ever do? Marcus Morris playing 32 minutes a game. But do the Knicks sounds- ever do anything that's – I mean, they picked Kevin Knox in the lottery how many years ago? And now he's having walk 20 minutes a game. Here, here's the thing, Tyler. From the outside perspective, not the fancy basketball perspective, outside perspective, playing Mo Harkless 32 minutes a game is an insane thing for the Knicks to do, which is why I'm actually leaning for it to happen. Yeah, I don't know. So we, they, they played, right? Now, obviously, Mo Harkless wasn't with the team yet, but they played against the Magic on Thursday night. And, and we watched the Taj Gibson got 30 minutes and had a real good game. And Julius Randle got 30 minutes. And Reggie Bullock, 30 minutes. They started Frank Milikina and played him 14 minutes. And then they gave six bench players run in this game. And they all played between 15 and 18 minutes. Like, I don't understand this team, man. I'm, I'm ever going to understand. No matter. No matter. coaches the Knicks. You got to just, like, run rotation. Then it goes, does that matter? Make sense? Do you know? I don't understand that. No, I'm confused. Why you didn't? So I don't know. I don't know about this team. I'm gonna say Moharkless. Moharkless might not play a second on this team. That's what I'll say. 
it. That's a, that's literally an insane evaluation that one of us can say, I think he might play 32 minutes, and the other one can say he might play zero minutes on this team, and both of us be like m- within the margins of reality. That's that's how fucking insane the New York Knicks are. This is obviously a boost to Julius Randle, who's going to get more touches and more usage. I hope to see a little bit more of Taj Gibson because he's a great streamer if he plays good minutes. And everybody should have Alfred Payton on a roster right now. If you don't have him on a roster, get him on a roster. Just the, the dumb thing to me, the Knicks. I mean, like, I like Gibson, right? Like, he's good. You're him and Reggie Bullock, 30 minutes. You're playing Bobby Portis, 18 minutes. And you actually have young players like Mitchelson and Kevin Knox and R. Jarrett that you're playing. 16, 19, and 18 minutes. You have 16 wins. Like, what What are you waiting for? Why are you playing Reggie Bullock, RJ Barrett? Like, you're, you, oh, you lose the game. Oh, well, you're probably going to lose the game anyway. Not a, it's confused. Like, I'm confused. Sometimes I get very frustrated about the Chicago Bulls, and then I just turn on the next game, and I feel a little bit better. Man, what an interesting trade for fantasy basketball. This last one is probably the most uh, biggest name that probably moved hands, I would say, in during the trade deadline, and also the worst return by any trade in maybe a decade, uh, maybe. Andre Drummond is going to the Cavaliers, and the Cavaliers gave up a whole bunch of players John Henson, who didn't play, Brandon Knight, who sort of played every once in a while for some reason, but nobody noticed, and a second-round pick. So, yeah. So this was maybe the one that made me scratch my head the most. You get a second-round pick in, what, four drafts, three drafts, right? It's 2023, so, like, ways off. And maybe Henson or Brandon cracks their rotation. You know, I don't know. But I, they're not, like, got people. Is their next winning team, right? So you got pretty much nothing for Andre Drummond, who's been really good and, and been an all star. And I, I guess we were super afraid that he was going to opt into that whatever $20 player option. And if I'm him, I might do it. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Because that's all you can get traded for, man. Like, who's going to pay you a, a ton of money? Yeah. And, I mean, Drummond's super good. Man. And I read an article, and I wish I could tell you where I read it, um, about how, like, despite him leading the bounds, like, he doesn't really help his team a, a tremendous amount in rebounding. Like, he grabs a lot of the rebounds for the Pistons. And so the team itself is not a fantastic rebounding team. Him leading the league four out of the last five years. That was interesting. And the article, I guess, went on a lot more about, like, Despite him always putting good stats, he maybe doesn't contribute to winning basketball as much as other people producing lesser stats. So that, that's interesting way at it. I don't know if this changes his value in, in Cleveland. Like, I think it's just going to be Andre Drummond. Yeah, I think he just slides right in to Tristan Thompson's spot. And Tristan Thompson's the one who ends up taking the hit here. Tristan Thompson's minutes have to go down. And that makes Tristan Thompson probably not standard league relevant. He's been a really good streamer. And even in like, you know, limited minutes, if you're desperate for some rebounds, Tristan Thompson might be a good streamer, but I was streaming him just to, just for the fun of it because he would usually put up some pretty decent stats. And there for a while he was, should have been on a roster, 
But Tristan Thompson now just, I think, just gets pretty much booted from the starting lineup and is just in kind of a backup role. Does John Henson play enough to be a block streamer? Averaging 1.1 per game and 14 points minutes for the Cavs. Real, real quick, before we go to Detroit, before we fly to Detroit, Detroit's, nah, Detroit's not that great of a city. Is this hurt Larry Nance's value at all in Cleveland? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think being with him hurts everybody's rebounding. I'm just grabbed so many rebounds. So if any of your value is tied to rebounding, that's is like isn't super, super tied to rebounding. Although he isn't doing anything else this year because the steals have been done. We talked about him being a great steals guy the last couple of years. Yeah, I think Larry Nance takes a little bit of it in his rebounds. There you go. Yeah, so it's good to hurt all those rebound values. I think I still think Larry Nance plays quite a bit. Let's go over to Detroit as you were talking about John Henson. He's got to play somewhat, right? Because right now they got Christian Wood, who I think is a must pick up in, in this. You got to take a flyer on Christian Wood. I think Tyler's going to disagree with me, but I think you got to take a flyer on this on this guy. In 21 minutes a game, he is standard league relevant, and that's saying something. So Detroit might get weird with it and just give him 35 minutes a game. Obviously, he's got to stay on the court with fouls, and that could mean John Henson, the, the pretty much the only other center on this team other than Thon Maker. Yeah, I think John Henson might actually be streamable at some point during in the next couple months. Yes, I think that is true. But Kristen Wood, to me, is the biggest, probably the biggest Definitely the biggest up mover might be the biggest mover in general, but the, definitely the biggest value upgrade after a crazy day of trading. So Christian Wood, and this is maybe the the disconnect between fantasy and reality is. I think being Christian Wood always be a fairly good fantasy, especially per minute guy. Now there's been a lot of times where he had minutes. I mean, he's been in the league now. This is his fourth year in the league already. He's still only hundred games in four years. So there's that to say right off the bat. Like, that's something. But when he plays, and, and then there, you mentioned it, the opportunity is right in front of him. Like, there's enough standing in his way from being a big-time minute-getter on this Pitts team. He always rebounds. He always scores. He provides decent bucks. The steal aren't that bad as far as permanent goes. And now he's, you know, a little bit of three-pointers here, you know. So... Christian Wood could be very, very good. I'm, I'm with you on that. But would it shock you if there's a stretch where Christian Wood goes back down to playing 20 minutes ago? No. No, not at all. Could definitely like, happen. So, yeah, if he's out there on your wire, like, sure. But if you're saying, like, okay, now I'm going to trade for him because someone else picked him, I'm not trading a top 100 player, Christian Wood, despite the fact that Christian Wood may be a top 100 player the rest of the day. Like, there's definitely some risk in I've seen some other people be like all all aboard and I'm not I'm all aboard. I'm like, yeah, if he's out there I'm like him, but I'm not trading anything of super value to get him. I agree. It's still kind of a question mark on how Detroit is gonna play this out. I just I don't think they have a choice. And those per minutes are too sexy for me to not take a flyer on him. Don't give up well, like a great player for him, but if he's on your waiver wire, pick him up. Well, they, they have a choice, and this is, like, they're not great options, but they could play Sekou Demboye, and if Marquise Morris gets healthy, they could play him. They could play Thon Maker. Like, they, they have their guys just 
they are not sexy or appealing options. And if like you're getting a ton of minutes for fantasy, none of them are great options. So I think the fantasy fantasy in us want to be Christian Wood. It would not shock me though if Christian Wood at some point. Like at some point I think they're gonna give a ton of minutes to some of the younger guys just to see what they have and just kind of the guy I was like twenty four. It'll be interesting to see he can hold that down and for the rest of the season and, and be the guy that they're given the 32 minutes a game to. Yeah. Definitely going to be an interesting kind of third, third. That's a, that's another bad phrase kind of ending to the season. It's going to be really good. The trades are over with your trade deadlines have either passed or are about to pass or we'll pass it a few weeks or two. I actually just prefer to have that trade deadline after the NBA trade deadline for your fantasy team just so you can see how everything shakes out people can kind of get a good idea of you know what they want to do there's still you know you know a good amount of season left so you're not really like you're not cutting it too close right you're not like allowing people to scam the system but there's still 62 percent of the season left now that the trade deadlines moved up i know what's there 70 percent of this season gone right Excuse me, 62% of the season has already happened. Once there's 70% of the season already happened, that's probably a good time to get that trade deadline in. So if you guys are having any trade questions, uh, roster questions, trades about questions about what you just saw in the last crazy two days of the NBA trade deadline, hit us up on Twitter. You can find me at Watch the Boxes. You can find Tyler at Tyler P. Watts. Feel free to hit us up with stuff you want to hear on the show as well. And if you really want to support the show, check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes really helps all you guys, all our Patreons. shout out to you and shout out to all our listeners. We survived another trade deadline. We will see you very soon. Have a great night.